Welcome to Triple Threat Theater. Triple Threat Theater. Triple Threat Theater. However, I believe there is a more immediate threat. Thousands and thousands of feet of film consumed. Hours and hours of work expended by technicians. And once it's been erased and shredded, it can be done all over again. As all of you know, I've devoted much of my life to convincing the world that travel through film was not only possible, but necessary to survive. Back in action. Triple Threat Theater, episode 46. I'm Joe Daxberger. Back in action, indeed. My name is Ryan Miller. Hey, Milzy. Hi, Dex. You know, sometimes we put these episodes together. It's like a, it's a waiting game for when it's going to come around, you know? <laughs> if I were to guess, this could be one of your most anticipated episodes ever. I've been dreaming of this day. <laughs> mm. As much for me as for you, because if I'm not mistaken, you'd never seen any of these before. Correct. And if anybody hasn't been able to figure out what the theme is based on the name that we chose, uh, these are some of my favorite movies. <laughs> mm. I almost just like want to kick back, you know, with a cold drink on the hammock and just like let you talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Jackie Chan for a few hours. Well, anybody who listens to the show knows that I can talk, so mm. that might happen. Uh, so, yeah. Theme for this episode, The Real JC, because uh, The Real JC in my heart stands for Jackie Chan. True story. So this was uh, this was a very early uh, theme. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly the number, but it was it was up number, there. Well, we had it at number nine, so it's probably... Yeah, one of the first ones that we came up with. Mm-hmm. And essentially it was just, you know, I knew that you hadn't seen a lot of Jackie Chan and uh, I used this opportunity to choose three of my favorite Jackie Chan movies for us to watch. And in fact, I have a list on Letterboxd where once upon a time, many years ago, back when I was like when I did a big old marathon over a couple of months and watched like, I, I think the list has like f- 38 movies on it that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And most of those are movies that I watched for the first and in many cases only time, uh, between the end of 2007 and like the middle of 2008 is when I kind of really got into that Jackie Chan mode mm-hmm. and was just like getting every movie of his I could from Netflix at the time back when I still had the uh, discs in the mail. And when so we used to get discs by mail. I, yeah, right. What? <laughs> Gosh, what, 13 years ago? <laughs> Wild. And uh, so I haven't really updated the list in a while. Not that I've seen a ton of Jackie Chan movies in recent years that I hadn't seen before. But, um, you know, it's a ranked list. So whenever I made it over 10 years ago, the three movies we're watching are my top three Jackie Chan movies, oh. according to that list. Nice. So. I was going to wait for the show to ask. Yes. Because I wasn't sure if there was like a particular like provenance to these three movies or if they were just your favorites or like his first like i don't know what his first movie is i don't know what his most popular movie is i don't know any of it so uh there's some important movies in his filmography we'll talk more about that as the show goes on i'm sure that we're going to be discussing i guess go ahead and say um the three movies we're going to be talking about are drunken master from 1978 
mm-hmm. Project A from 1983 and Police Story from 1985. Yep. So I think, well, I don't, I'm, I'm just an enormous fan of the man. I guess something we usually will discuss is like what kind of a history we have with uh, whatever the theme is that we're doing. And I don't have it real clear in my mind. I've always liked Jackie Chan. Uh, I think when I was younger, my dad would watch some of his like English dubbed action movies from that uh, like post police story pre rush hour era of his career mm-hmm. in the early 90s. Stuff like Rumble in the Bronx and super cop are like the first Jackie Chan movies I ever saw. And so I would watch those because my dad would like rent them from the library and bring them home on VHS or whatever. Nice. And then, yeah, I mean, I've, I've also talked about it before that, uh, after graduating from the Kubert school in 2006, I had back surgery. And after that surgery, I, couldn't do much of anything for about two years except for lay around and hope not to bleed out of a hole in my back. Mm. And that's when I got my first laptop and that's when I got, uh, my Netflix account. And so I just had like a constant stream of movies coming in because I didn't really have a whole lot else to do with my time. And I went back and I looked at my diary, my, my letterbox diary, not like, I don't have like a handwritten diary. (laughs) I was like, when do I get to see this tome that's <laughs> no. under your bed for a decade? So Letterboxd, the like movie social media site, didn't come around until uh, I don't I don't know exactly when, but um, it was after two thousand seven by a good couple of years. But I'm just the kind of nerd that uh, actually kept a log of the movies I watched before a website where you could do it easily <laughs> mm-hmm. existed. So when I first started my Letterboxd account, I went back and I retroactively logged, like, on the exact dates that I watched them, all the movies I had seen since, like, 2008 or so. Of course. course And so I can say that, for whatever reason, uh, in, like, late 2007, I think, I decided to get a Jackie Chan movie. And I don't know what led me to it, but Police Story was the first one that I rented from Netflix. Mm -hmm. And uh, that... Yeah, that like set me on a path of like I have to see everything, and I've seen a lot. Not not a, not exactly everything, but the majority at this point. Are there these holes in your viewer viewership? Is there anything in particular like can't get hold of? Heard it was no good. Well, I'd like to see the rest of the Five Lucky Stars movies. It's like a series of action comedies that Sammo Hung, Yen Biao, and Jackie Chan made early in their careers. Um, I've seen two of them, My Lucky Stars and Winners and Sinners, that I got from Netflix back in the day, but there's five of them total. Jackie's only in three of them, but uh, they're fun movies regardless, and I'd like to see Mm -hmm. the rest of those. There's one or two early movies, so as we'll discuss later, uh, Yen Wu Ping directed Drunken Master, which was like a big jumping off point in Jackie's career. And they worked on one movie before that called Snake and Eagle Shadow that I've always wanted to see and just haven't gotten around to. Best names. (laughs) I wonder if uh, people in other countries uh, read the titles of American films and they're like, man, American movies have the best names because be it like Italy or China, like I feel like every other country aside from us has the best names for their movies. Yeah, totally. I would never think they'd be like, you know, 
I feel like every movie we've got is just like bland title with even blander subtitle. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's a couple of early things that I would really like to see. I've missed a couple of the more recent Jackie Chan movies just because I I don't think they're going to stand up to the old stuff. But, yeah. Uh, pretty much all of his big movies between Drunken Master in the 70s and, you know, his later kind of secondary American phase with like the rush hours and all that. Mm-hmm. I've seen pretty much everything in there. I did do some reading earlier just because trying to pinpoint for me. We've had this conversation a couple times. I think I've seen Rumble in the Bronx, but I'm not positive. Well, you always reference the one where he like broke his ankle. Yes, because they show it in the credits. And that is, in fact, one of the two movies he broke his ankle filming. So Okay. So we'll go and say it's that. Now, I, I looked just to see the year, and it was like, that was in 95. That one came out and got like an actual American release, mm-hmm. which I think was the first time for him. I think that was the first wide theatrical release for a quote-unquote modern movie of his in the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, that era where they did like the English dubs that yeah. most of the time did not actually include him in the dub. Because he has dubbed a lot of his own movies. Right. That would make but. sense. So I just really, like kind of remember like the phenomenon of Rumble in the Bronx. It was 95, I was 13. For whatever reason, I didn't see it, but I can just remember it like kind of being like a big deal because it probably just wasn't like anything else mm-hmm. here at the time for sure. So I just like remember that. And then I, you know, I watched and enjoyed the Rush Hour movies, of course, but um, that's kind of it for me. So. <laughs> that's why I say I was so excited uh, to use this episode to introduce you to some of this stuff because mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole world of Jackie Chan style chop sake movies out there that I feel like a lot of people who don't have much experience with uh, martial arts cinema probably perceive the general look and feel of Shaw Brothers martial arts, the kind of stuff that Quentin Tarantino homaged heavily yeah. in Kill Bill. Like, I, I feel like that's probably what a lot of people perceive martial arts movies as mostly. And not that I don't think people know who Jackie Chan is, but, uh, you know, you basically had the Shaw Brothers style of, like, classic martial arts typically based heavily around certain styles of martial arts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of where Jackie Chan got his start as well with stuff like Snake and Eagle's Shadow and... um some of his period films like Drunken Master where he's showing off a specific style of martial arts and that's kind of like the draw of the movie is like this person has mastered this style. Let's see them use it. Uh, And then you get into Bruce Lee and his era, uh, which was like at the beginning of Jackie Chan's career because him and Yen Biao are like uncredited uh, background characters and like supporting characters in a couple of Bruce Lee movies. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think Jackie Chan's in Enter the Dragon and maybe Fist of Fury as just like random people that he fights. Like, Mm -hmm. not like one-on-one battles, but like when there's big groups of people, he'll be in there as one of them. And Bruce Lee kind of popularized more of like a street fighting style of martial arts Mm -hmm. where it was more just about his raw physical prowess and less about, I'm going to show off my monkey style or whatever. Right. 
Uh, and then, you know, unfortunately, Bruce Lee broke into the mainstream. He did, at least in America, he did uh, Green Hornet. And he did like four and a half movies before he suddenly died in his prime. And then Jackie Chan kind of picked up where he left off. And again, well, we can talk about it more when we get there. But especially with Police Story in the mid 80s. Um, he kind of defined a new style for himself that he would carry through the rest of his career that sort of became the modern, at least for like the 90s, early 2000s, the modern style of martial arts. I feel like we've regressed, not in a bad way, I'm just saying like moved moved back to a former style of uh, mm-hmm. martial arts these days with stuff like Yip Man, where things are more focused on like particular styles of martial arts mm-hmm. and less about like the street fighting style. But um, that was pretty much all Jackie Chan with like a little taste of Bruce Lee at the beginning to kind of get the ball rolling. Yeah. But I, uh, dig it. I mean, for me, martial arts movies like growing up were Bruce Lee and like Shaw Brothers stuff. My brother like really got me into that, especially Bruce Lee. Like there was a time where we would just like watch Enter the Dragon and then dragging the Bruce Lee story, like <laughs> just switch off for weeks on end. Mm-hmm. And then he'd show me like, I don't know where he'd always come home with like, he would have like, you know, the 36 chambers of Shaolin, like anything that was had anything to do with Wu-Tang Clan. Like he was finding them somewhere and bringing them home and we'd watch them. <laughs> so that was totally it for me. I was like, and I can just going back to what I said, I can just remember that like wild, like running up walls and chain link fence stuff that Jackie Chan was doing in Rumble mm-hmm. in the Bronx, like as being like very like out there. Like, oh, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, but. see the the Shaw stuff and Bruce Lee passed me by entirely. I don't know if it's because of my age at the time or I mean I'd probably it, say yeah, if it wasn't for my brother, I don't even know if I and he's only two years older than me, but just just yeah. enough where he was into it. But yeah, well he's certainly like, was, he's two years older than you and then you're a couple years older than me. So I mean maybe right. it's that I th- yeah. I think also it's a simple fact of like if it wasn't for my dad bringing those movies home and me having like that childhood kind of uh, connection to Jackie Chan, mm-hmm. like would I have ever gotten into him the way that I did? Would I be as big of like an action movie choreography nerd as I am? I kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that was a question I wanted to pose for this episode was, is it Jackie Chan that made you such a fan of fight choreography? Because that's one of your favorite things. Easily, I would say that that's the reason. Because I all I love all kinds of action movies, and you know, a big part of my youth was, uh, you know, the big muscle bound American kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger action movies. Mm-hmm. But you know, those are more about brute force than like real finesse and skill. Yeah. And not as much in the way of choreography. So like, I think it all really comes from Jackie Chan for me. And it's almost made me like a little bit of a, what would you call it? Like, um, snob. Yeah, maybe (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of a snob for this kind of stuff where like, I just, I can't stand when you substitute like shaky cam and fast cutting for action. Like, I understand why people do it, but it just makes my fucking eyes cross because... Yeah, I mean, it became, like, a really bad, like, stereotypical action thing in, like, the the mid-aughts or whatever. I'm glad we've broken away from it, and you have to thank people like American action stars like Keanu Reeves, who are willing to put in the work to be able to actually... 
mm-hmm. do a choreographed fight moves. in a movie instead of just fake it with uh, editing. Yeah. Because it's be- it, it's people like him and to a degree like Liam Neeson in his yeah, yeah. early Taken era of his career that, uh, and, you know, also got to give it to Matt Damon for the Bourne movies. Yeah, which have like a, which shaky cam was like a stylistic choice in those, but yeah, was, I mean that's all he was Doug learning Lyman. the moves. <laughs> but yeah, I mean those guys put in the work more than something like I don't know the actors in X Men where it's just wires and right. camera edits. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I definitely think it's because of Jackie Chan. It's like I started out on him, and like ev- nothing else really usually compares. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's yeah. that's. That's me and Jackie Chan. Um, <laughs> oh, man, we should dig right in. I'm All right. Be... Well, I'm very excited to hear your experience of of watching these. So let's uh, let's hop on over to Drunken Master from 1978. Huh. You know what? I can't help wondering how old you are, old man. For your age, you sure are tough. I'm an assassin. I've had to be tough to be able to survive to this age. (laughs) No, I'm not like the young men today. None of you can fight. Always getting thrashed. Hey, uh... Today wasn't a good day. Just bad luck, really. Usually, I'm tremendous. With just one blow, I'd have done the lot. You still gotta see my real star. (laughs) That sounds to me like an excuse. I forgot to ask you what your name is and why you couldn't pay for your meal, huh? Hey, that's a long story, mister. And what's your name anyhow? It's Mrs. So. Hey! There's a fellow with that same name screwing up my life. That's why I'm here on the run. Who is it? He's this creep. Named So High. Was my own father asked for this guy to fix well, me. Are you afraid then? What? I'm not afraid at all. Though I've heard it said he's real cunning, violent, and mean. But one day I'm gonna fix him. Mm Mm-hmm. That old fart. Wait till I see him, I'll tear him apart. (laughs) He'd fix the old fart, (laughs) huh? Good. Yeah, sure. Hey, just where do you come from? I'm the sky as a roof, and I sleep wherever I may. <laughs> You're a bum, that is. Sure, everyone knows me. It's so high. <laughs> it's so high. <laughs> huh? So high. That's the name, young fella. <laughs> as I mentioned, this is directed by Yen Wu Ping. People would probably know his name because uh, he was very much talked about for doing the fight choreography for The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also done Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Kill Bill choreography. He's done a little bit of acting, but primarily directing and fight choreography. And um, interestingly enough, I didn't know this until I was researching for the show. Uh, in this movie, Beggar So. The uh, the drunken master who teaches Jackie Chan's character is played by Yen Wu Ping's real life father. Oh no way! Yeah, Yen Su Yen Su Tin. You'll have to forgive us for the pronunciations in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie Chan's a nice easy name to pronounce, mm-hmm. but we'll do our best. Yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Apparently, he was like a very well regarded martial artist, like actor, even mm-hmm. before Yen Wu Ping made a name for himself. So. 
basic basic plot synopsis here is that uh, Jackie Chan plays a character named Wong Fei Hung, who is like kind of he's good at martial arts, but he's like kind of young and brash and doesn't try his hardest. And through a series of like comical misunderstandings, uh, he kind of creates some enemies, and his father sends him away to be trained by a very like strict hardcore trainer uh, mm-hmm. called Beggar So. So he trains with this guy for a while and still doesn't feel like he's really matching up to uh, what his master should be able to teach him. And that's when he introduces him to the drunken style of martial arts. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, a assassin named Thunderleg <laughs> has been Best. hired to kill Jackie Chan's father. And so, just in time, he finishes his training and goes to sh- have a showdown against Thunderleg, named for and his great uh, kicking style. <laughs> you know, I love a good nickname. <laughs> yeah, well established. Thunderleg so, is pretty I mean, good. Yeah, Thunderleg. That was got a quick check mark for me. I was like, oh, all right, all right, drunken master, I'm ready. So I love this movie. It's number two on that list of Jackie Chan movies for me. Mm-hmm. But before I just talk about it for 20 minutes, I want to hear your thoughts on Drunken Master. So I watched them in chronological order, just like we're going to talk about this is the way I watched. Potentially a good and or interesting way to do it in this case, Hmm. building up to police story personally. So I didn't know how much of there was like a comedic angle to like all Jackie Chan movies or if that was a thing or not. I just wasn't sure. I mean, I kind of assumed... All but maybe two or three of them, (laughs) in my experience. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty much established, like, pretty quickly that this has that kind of tone. And I was, like, into it, like, right away. It was never something I, like, didn't want to see. I was, like, half expecting it, but unsure, like, when for, for him that became a thing. And I was, like, pretty quickly just, like, into the style. I mean, they don't waste any time with, like, the wild choreographed like setups and like of giant groups. I mean, that gets ramped up over the, this movie and the movies themselves. But yeah. I, I mean, I found myself laughing and like kind of being like blown away with a lot, a lot <laughs> of the action, you know, like again, I loved Thunderleg. He just, and he just like has a great look. He has like a great seventies Kung Fu look <laughs> with like yep. the mustache and like the kind of like, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a, it's almost like a Beatles style hairdo kind of thing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah. All, I'm all in on Thunderleg. I mean, I think it might be the first scene you see Jackie where he's like training with uh, his sensei and the, the rest of the people in his school. Sensei's got like an unforgivably hairy mole. <laughs> right. Like, it's outrageous. <laughs> I was like, okay, I was like, they're, they're playing this for laughs. I was like, I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> Yeah, I think the first scene you see Jackie Chan there in class, and uh, he does the thing where he like steals the guy's hat and plays like keep away with it. Uh huh. It's just like being like a buffoon, you know. He's like a young, like you said, like young and brash goof. You know, the whole thing happens where he's like inexplicably like hits on his his cousin. <laughs> yep. But, you know, and uh, his aunt like tunes him up in her like crane style and i was like i'm i'm like got my hands i'm like leaning back i was like i'm all in on this movie like this is great i was like it's fun like i like like just going back to being a kid like i always liked kung fu and ninjas and anything that's like you know 
I will try my Wu-Tang style. Like any like the different <laughs> styles. I love that. So I was like making notes. I was like, oh, is the aunt using some kind of crane style? You know? <laughs> like I'll just enjoy the hell out of it. I mean, Jackie's like so charismatic. I mean, there's one point that's like this the dad's got great, great quotes. He says something like <laughs> He's like, oh, I tried. I wrote that. I was like, I tried everything with that young bastard. You know, he's just like so <laughs> sick of Jackie being around. Like, and just building up because I didn't expect. I was caught off guard when it was like Master So ended up being who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, because they don't. It doesn't immediately tell you like the drunken style. Like if it was going to be him. Like I was, I wasn't sure when he first showed up that it was going to be him. So I was like so pumped when it was because he's another great, got a great look. It just like the kung fu was great, but yeah, it's just like a pretty solid. I thought it was like a really solid story. Like it's it's not the most complicated thing for sure, especially out of the three of these. Mm-hmm. But that's not a detriment at all. Like I think it's like it was. I was like cruising right along with this whole movie, Millsy. I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, of everything we watched, especially it's the closest. Uh, thing to a Shaw Brothers style film. Now, keeping in mind that I have very little experience with the Shaw Brothers, but uh, coincidentally, I recently watched the 36th Chamber of Shaolin for the first time. Mm, mm-hmm. And I was surprised, like, going into that movie when it essentially turned into like 20 minutes of setup and then like a 80 minute long training sequence in the middle of that movie. Like that's all it is, is the main character, like learning the 36 different like uh, uh-huh. <clears throat> fighting styles or, or like uh, methods to the Shaolin style. Uh-huh. And then like a quick ending. And uh, that's very much what this movie is. I mean, it's it's got a longer setup, but then. So, like, my early days, again, were watching stuff like Rumble in the Bronx, like the big, crazy, over-the-top action movies, like, in usually set in modern day with Jackie, like, jumping off of moving vehicles and, like, disarming people with guns and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, watching this movie, all of the quote-unquote set pieces are just fight scenes. There's no crazy stunts or anything. Uh, it's not like right. Who Am I, where Jackie Chan slides down the side of like a an angled skyscraper that's like a hundred stories tall. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing thing to watch. Or in Super Cop, where he's dangling from the uh, the rope ladder of a helicopter with no wires. Oh, there's nothing like that in this. The thing that really blew me away about this the first time I ever saw it. And still does to this day is that like we all know that Jackie can do all those cool like stunts, but you imagine like oh when he's fighting with a ladder and spinning it around himself and jumping through the rungs in Jackie Chan's first strike like that probably took several takes to do every single stage of that, and it's like he still did it, and that's mm-hmm. still impressive. But in this movie, you really see Jackie's raw physical prowess. Like wow. it's he he does use some props at times, but like during the training sequences, just like when he's hanging upside down, filling the water bucket like up behind yes. himself, he's basically doing inverted sit ups and like trying not to spill little cups of water. Mm-hmm. Like it's I look at that and I'm just like I I'm horribly out of shape anyway, but I could never do that. And if you gave me like 20 years to, right. to practice and try and do it, and there's like 
I think all the movies, but I think I noticed most with this one, like they're not, it's, they're not particularly like extra long takes, but mm-hmm. there's like, I would say it's still long takes where he's doing like quite a bit of moves before the camera cuts. And it's mm-hmm. like, like impressive. Like even when they make a cut and he does like five or six different crazy moves of like, you know, doing a backflip onto his chest, then back, you know, over <laughs> a table and then kicks two people like stuff like that. It's amazing. Yeah. And again, since this is one of the few early movies he did that focused on specific styles, it's cool to watch him train in eight specific different styles of drunken fighting. And then when it gets to the final action scene, Master So is like sitting on the sidelines and calling them out one by one. And then you just see Jackie (laughs) go into it and use them practically in a fight scene. Yeah. And it's it's just impressive to me. Um, yeah, and Old then woman on toilet, all that. Yeah, <laughs> and then so the eighth style, like the final one, they're all based around these drunken god characters, and then the last one is the one female god character, and you know that brash part of Jackie comes back out in the training, and he like doesn't want to do it because it's like a girly fighting style. Mm-hmm. So then when he's fighting Thunderleg at the end. You know, the master calls out that last style and he didn't practice it. But then it's the great moment where the master is just like, combine the other seven styles and make it your own. And then you go (laughs) and you just it because you've watched the individual training sequences of the different styles. When he combines them all, you can pick out, oh, he's doing this move from that one and this move from that one. And it's just the way the movie is put together to build up to that final action scene. It's super impressive to watch him do it. And you feel like you're part of the action or something because, you know, it's not just random, crazy, you know, fists flying. Yeah. It's all of these things that he actually put together and turned into like a beautiful choreographed like dance number almost. (laughs) I was like kind of like blown away at how choreographed it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you kind of, I know some of that with like the Shaw brothers and stuff a little bit, but like not on the level of like this movie. It's so choreographed. And like, I mean, even on Triple Threat, there's been plenty of movies we've watched. And like even complained about where it's like, oh, look, there's like this guy standing over in the corner. He doesn't know what to do. Or it's like, oh, look, this, these the director just told these guys like run into each other or something. You know, it's just like, you can tell what it's sloppy versus something like this is just like so precise. That's like you, you can't I couldn't help but smile watching the entire thing. Cause like you said, it's just like the right time. It's not a super short movie. I think they're all about just under two hours. Yeah. Something like um, that. You know, he's got like, just like the, all, like you said, the water with the cups, he's got that other like s- scolding water balance thing that he's got to do mm-hmm. with the, like that. I loved It's like, even if it's not, you know, of course not really scolding water, but just the idea of that. I've never seen something like that before. For Where like he's a, got a balance in the seated position over top of like a, a, a sharp object underneath of him. Yes. Where yep. they've got like the cups of water that he can't, he's not allowed to spill and he has to hold his arms out. <laughs> yeah, like that. There's a thing where like Master So had his wrists on the bamboo sticks. Oh, right. That part's oh, cool yeah. as hell. Oh, it's so good. I was like, man, I'm loving this. Yeah, he's got like hollowed out bamboo sticks with like ropes in them and he's got Jackie's wrists in them and he's like, 
using them to force him to do the moves. Like he's almost shadow boxing, mm-hmm. but like forcing totally. him to follow his movements or something. Super cool. I mean, it just really is. And then you just get those little elements of like Thunderleg is like really good at fighting with his feet. And then mm-hmm. you get the uh, the bamboo master who fights with a staff. And yeah. then you get the guy with like the hard head who fights by like charging people with his head. And then how Jackie has to, you know, fight back against him to be able to beat him. And yeah, I just dig all that stuff. That bow staff fight was awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of those great movies that as soon as the final climax, Dick Battle is over, it's just it just ends. <laughs> oh, it's just so abrupt. Mm hmm. Which I wasn't like necessarily surprised, but it's totally no. like one of those just like extremely abrupt endings. Yeah. Action scene is over. Freeze frame. We're done. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so much mem- memorable stuff. I mean, the character. I just can't get over the characters. I mean, Thunderleg <laughs> with his like, his, I mean, Master So is the best. He's got the red drunk nose, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I told you this already, but I'm watching it. I was watching downstairs. Uh, Megan's there. She's um doing her thing, but we're both on the couch, and like she sees Master So, and she's like, "Who's this wizard?" <laughs> I was dying. I was, <laughs> that's the best. I was like, "Oh, he's just some old drunk." Sure enough, it was Master So. I loved it. God, there's a part I can't remember, Millsy. Who who does it to who? But someone's got like a china cup in their mouth. Ed, like, yeah, Jackie does like, that to um, the master of bamboo when he goes after learning drunken martial arts. He goes mm-hmm. to like get revenge on that guy for when they showed right. him up at uh, the master's house. And it's like he's bite. He like bites down on the cup and they kicks him and he bites a chunk out of it. I don't mm-hmm. like, see anything like this movie. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So for me, this one, like I said, is all pretty much about just the. It's the movie that really, like, I, I've been wowed by Jackie Chan before and all the things that he can do, but I don't know if I've ever, like, respected him as much as when I watch this movie because you just mm. see, I mean, obviously martial arts is, like, a, a thing that takes a lot of time and dedication to be good at, but you just really see his raw skill on display in this movie. I mean, that that is probably, like, the best way of putting it, too, because just the amount of movies we've both seen over the course of our lives and for this show... It's like you do kind of get you can get caught up in like the flashy stuff for action, like easy and that's fun too. But like you said, when you go back to something that's just raw like this with mm-hmm. the you know no shaky cams, the camera's right there following everything. It's like God, you really like respect that. Yeah, this movie has like no budget. Um, I don't know how mm-hmm. much the budget was, but there obviously was like next to no budget, and there didn't need to be. No, I mean this is the era where your final fight scene was just in the middle of the woods or on like the top of a hill somewhere. Yeah, it's just like in some dirt road. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, it's it's all right there on the screen. No need for like big special effects and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of little things in like you know prepping breakaway chairs or the uh, the, the cup that you were talking about that uh, the dude like bites off a chunk of it when he gets hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just super impressive for how simple it is, and that's that's what I love about this one. And this was kind of the movie, you know, Jackie had been kicking around for a while. He'd been the lead in one or two things, but this was the movie that really kind of made people sit up and take notice of him, and I mean rightfully so, because oh, yeah. he's great in it, and it's just like a really fun, enjoyable movie. Yeah. 
just what a cast of characters for like a movie that's like simple with no budget, like, you know, simple plot and everything, but it's full of life from these, mm-hmm. these characters, Jackie, especially, but man, it's like, just like kind of like being a kid again, <laughs> watching this one. Uh, there is a, I don't know if I'd call it a sequel or a reboot. They call it a sequel. The legend of drunken master that came out many years later in 1994. That is a movie that, a lot of people consider to be Jackie Chan's best and Mm -hmm. it is great. It is a great movie. I don't think I like it as much as this one, just because again, I just respect how like simple and down and dirty this one is. There are some incredible fight scenes in legend of drunken master as well, though. So I easily would recommend that movie as well. Good to know. I found it interesting reading about this, that Akira Toriyama cites drunken master as one of his major influences for dragon ball. Oh, which, cool. I mean, I know that there's a lot of humor in that stuff as well, so I guess that's not too surprising. Mm-hmm. I and, think I've uh, seen this poster for the Legend of Drunken Master, where he's like punching Punching through, through like a white backdrop yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty distinct. It was like one of his big 90s movies. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely, definitely worth checking out. And, you know, it's well known that uh, Jackie does all of his own stunts for the most part, puts himself in harm's way a lot of the time, and gets injured a lot. Uh, This movie came out before he started doing the outtakes during the credits. Mm. But um, his big injury in this movie was during the final fight scene, he actually got kicked in the head by Thunderleg. The actor who plays Thunderleg is named Huang Jang Li. And he, I believe he's Taiwanese, and he's uh, an expert in Taekwondo. And uh, he accidentally kicked Jackie in the face and uh, damaged his brow ridge so bad that apparently Jackie almost lost his eye. Damn. And after that, uh, <laughs> the actor who played Thunderleg uh, refused to do another take of that shot. Because <laughs> <laughs> huh? he but was afraid that he hurt him again. <laughs> Yeah, he's too powerful, Millsy, see? Yeah, well, you don't get the name Thunderleg for nothing. You're damn right. There's only one other movie that I can think of where Jackie fights a guy who focuses on leg work, and that's, uh, I don't know the guy's name, but there's a guy that he fights at the end of Who Am I that this guy is, like, super tall with really long legs, and it just looks like he could fucking murder you with one kick. But, you know, second to that only is Thunderleg. I can dig it. <laughs> but uh, made $15 million worldwide in the box office. I don't really have a good concept of how good that was for the time being a Chinese film. Because I don't even know what kind of release it got outside of China. But for it to be called the worldwide. I don't know the rates, but I'd say $15 million is a good amount of dough. Yeah. If nothing else, like I said, it kind of began to put Jackie Chan on the map as a leading man. And I think the comedy infused into this movie, in addition to just his actual ability and skill, is a, is a big part of why. Mm-hmm. So I think it was like the perfect jumping off point for him to be as funny as it is, because that's always been a part of his, his shtick. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say about Drunken Master? Let's just keep going. Let's keep this ball rolling. I got plenty more to say. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have Project A from 1983. For the last time, learn to follow orders. Uncle. Wait, G. Sergeant, first apologize to Mr. Chow. To him? Wait a minute. 
Aren't you the one who ordered those men to try and kill me? Captain, the colonel will be informed. I want this man reprimanded. Sergeant! You are harboring a murderer! I want you to apologize to him. Your career is at stake here. You're simply disobeying me outright. So be it, then I quit. I'll never become a policeman. Disrespectful scum! Stop it! This was the first kind of big production for Jackie, which is kind of the milestone of this one, in that a lot of the martial arts movies of the time, like nowadays you watch stuff like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or like whatever big stuff like Yip Man is coming out now, and or like a lot of the Jet Li stuff, and it's very like ornate and fancy and just like, it just looks like, you know, a million bucks went into making it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, kind of like we were talking about, stuff like Drunken Master would get made and, you know, you didn't need big budgets or anything because you were just having two guys who were good at fighting go at it in a field somewhere. But Project A was different in that Jackie, uh, so he directed this film. Uh, He's directed quite a few movies, but uh, this is one of his earliest directorial efforts. The two that he had made before it were The Young Master and Dragon Lord, which were period pieces kind of along the lines of uh, Drunken Master. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially Dragon Lord, the second one, didn't perform so well. And so Jackie kind of wanted to mimic the quote unquote big budget look and nature of like American blockbuster films. And so he really went all out with this movie and they did like big sets like the clock tower and everything. And so it's like a lot of people consider that to be part of why this movie was so popular because it like bucked the norm as far as like Mm -hmm. Chinese action cinema. And uh, this movie also did very well and was very popular. Makes sense. Basic premise behind this one. It takes place in 19th century Hong Kong. Uh, the Europeans had like come in and set up like a police force. I, I don't know a whole lot about the history of this. I just did like a little light reading on it uh-huh. before the show. But essentially at the time, the uh, the Hong Kong ports had a lot of trouble with pirates. And so this movie is about uh, Jackie and some of his cohorts, are like naval soldiers. And the Navy is disgraced by a series of unfortunate occurrences and they're forced to become policemen, and then they have to kind of, like, fight to get the Navy back so they can fight back against these pirates who keep on, like, ravaging the ports. And that's the right. that's the essential, really all you need to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's wild. I wasn't expecting, you know, I didn't do any reading on any of these movies beforehand. <laughs> I just, like, you know, my style, Millsy, I just dove, dove right in. That's perfectly fine. Um. So, yeah, I was not expecting anything to do with, like, the Hong Kong Navy or Coast Guard or whatever. Pirates. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I think Pirate Patrol was the original name for this movie that they were going to use. But Jackie, so, like, uh, Project A, very generic name, tells you nothing. Police Story, you know it's about the police, but very generic name. Apparently, it was a actual decision on Jackie Chan's part to have confusing names so that it wouldn't give away like details mm. of the film to audiences that before they've seen them. Smooth bastard. I love it. <laughs> I read that in multiple places. Like it sounds yeah. kind of crazy, but I mean, there you go. So, 
I think during the movie, I missed this detail and I just figured out. I'm just going to ask Millsy on the show rather than go and check why. Why is this movie called Project A? So essentially at the beginning of the film, the pirates keep on like destroying the naval ships. And so the naval officers have to keep going and asking. I guess he's like the head of the police force for mm-hmm. more money for like their branch of like the the security force on the on the port. Right. And uh, they're getting fed up with how the Navy keeps dropping the ball and, like, they keep losing all this money because of all their ships and all the ammo that they're losing to the pirates. And so they, uh, their leader, like, the, the head of their, like, naval group comes up with this plan that they call Project A, which is, like, they finally come up with a way we think we're going to be able to stop the pirates and uh, they bring it to the he- the higher ups and they like poo poo it and say like, no, we're just shutting down the Navy. And so then later in the movie, when Jackie and his group have kind of proven themselves and they've gotten the chance to bring the Navy back, they decide to enact their boss's Project A. It's just it's it's the term for the right. mission. It could have been called like Eagle Eagle well, Strike, they, Project Eagle Strike or something. I think they only like they only actually say like Project A once. And that was when I like kind of missed it. I was like, oh, I think they just said Project A. But they mentioned it at the beginning and they mentioned it at the at like towards the end before the climax when they're about to like actually go through with the mm. plan. The plan basically being uh, sending someone in undercover into the pirate organization and then performing like a surprise strike. Uh, is really all it was. So <laughs> again, I mean, confusing name that you know. That's in, fine for all intents and purposes doesn't have to mean anything. <laughs> sure, but once see, but the thing like, it's like now once you've seen it and you know what it is, like oh Project A, it's like it it is this thing. You know, you'll never confuse Project A for something else. Yeah, you know. I think within it might be the first time you see Jackie, where I was like, this is setting the tone, and I'm ready when he's riding a bike. And he jumps off of it and it shoots right into the bike rack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I sat up, like, rubbed my hands together. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready. I mean, that pretty much, like, goes into, like, a 40-person bar fight. Yeah, between the Navy and the uh, police. Awesome. I was like, I, yes. I was like, I'm all in this. And again, the way I watched these movies, it was, like, building up. So it was like. I could already tell it was like this was going to be a f- like far farther reaching movie than Drunken Master. Yeah, very big in scope and scale. I comparatively. mean, dude, this bar fight is awesome. Like, yeah, just completely see... crazy with people like just smashing bottles over each other's heads, breaking chairs on each other, rolling I mean, over just, things, and like the the amount of like acrobatics going on from Jackie and other people jumping, diving, like just the things like I I couldn't even. I have a hard time describing what he does, let alone try to do it myself <laughs> with some of the ways like he'll, you know, he'll do like a double front flip off a table onto the ground, like flat on his back. And then like, you know, do a palm lift, <laughs> you know, jump right back up and then jump through a window or whatever. <laughs> like, dude, he's nuts. Yeah. I guess. So since you mentioned that, this would be a good time to talk about the Jackie Chan stunt team. So. Once Jackie Chan, from what I can understand, he kind of came up with this idea and a lot of other like famous martial artists have taken the idea and run with it mm-hmm. that, um, you know, Jackie wanting to put himself in harm's way for his movies and do like these really complicated stunts and wanting stuff to look really good on camera and like kind of believable and leave audiences going like, oh, how did they do that? 
he was tired of working with like general stuntmen and decided to start his own team uh, in like 1976. And it was Jackie and five other guys, I think, to start. And there's been several iterations over the year with over, over the years with the whole idea being we will train together uh, until we are like we know who's best at taking this kind of fall or who can do this kind of like jump flip move or whatever. And like they train together so much that they completely trust one another so that they can push like the things that they do, the falls that they take and stuff like that even further because they like fully trust one another and have worked together so much that they know each other's moves like backwards and forwards. And Mm -hmm. that's a big part of why, the stunts and the stuff that Jackie does in his movies are like so impressive. And one of the things that I think is really neat is, you know, I have this knowledge in the back of my head, but watching a bunch of his movies in a row, like I did back in the day, like I talked about, or even watching these three movies, um, just seeing other members of Jackie Chan's stunt crew who always have like small roles in his movies. And you just like see them as random guys in fight scenes because that's the people that he works with. And like, I may not know their names or whatever, but I always recognize like, Oh, there's that guy again. Or there's that guy Mm -hmm. again, because they always work together. And there's just something cool about that. Totally. And it makes sense. Like, you know, you're going to trust a guy that you're sure he can stick this landing because you've seen him do it a hundred times versus like, you know, Oh, the new guy on set that I never met. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, one of the one of the big ones, as far as his stunt crew is concerned, is a guy named Mars. That's like his stage name that he goes by. He's in this movie. Uh, they call him Jaws, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he's also in Police Story as like Jackie's fellow police officer, who he gets to pretend to be a a murderer to come and <laughs> right att- yes, attack yes. the the witness in her home. Uh-huh. Uh, he's in a billion Jackie Chan movies, and I always love seeing him pop up. He's got nice. kind of like a round, recognizable face. Mm-hmm. Also in this movie, uh, Yen Biao, uh, the aforementioned Yen Biao, who he and Sammo Hung, who's in this as well, both went to, um, what was it called? The Peking Opera School with Jackie, which is where they learned like dance and choreography and stuff at a young age uh, before oh, they got cool. into like stunt work. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yen Biao has been in a thousand things. Uh, he's like a, a leading man action star as well. And then Sammo Hung has been in a ton of stuff as well. He's like, he's known as being like the fat martial artist. <laughs> but he's the uh, man. Yeah, the also, stuff that he yeah. does, super impressive as well, despite his weight. I mean, there's a, there's a, fi- in the final battle at one point, Sammo Hung does like this double leg the kick flying kick. somebody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. He does that to the main pirate, and uh, he actually like injured the guy, and he had to take a couple <laughs> days off of work. I mean, that's a painful-looking kick. Yes. And there's a lot of weight behind that. Like I, I wrote that one down, and I was like, damn, that was a hell of a double leg kick. Yeah. But I love seeing Sammo Hung pop up and stuff. He's in all those uh, Five Lucky Stars movies uh, that I mentioned earlier, early in Jackie's career, and mm-hmm. he's directed a lot of stuff, too. So. It's awesome. cool to see him in there, but uh. there's like, I mean, this one is just kind of like set piece after set piece. I mean, the the stuff with the clock tower was awesome. Yeah, that's the big um, like stunt in this movie. Yeah, which so I guess again, every movie Jackie Chan seems to hurt himself. 
in this movie, it was the uh, the clock tower scene where he hurt himself kind of bad. And it's crazy to me. Did you notice? So in the actual movie, like in the edit of the movie, essentially he's hanging from the hand of like a giant clock tower and he slips and he falls and he goes through two awnings and he hits the ground. Mm -hmm. He essentially falls three stories with no wires or mats or anything. Uh, right. Did you notice that there were two separate takes in the movie? hundred percent. I brought it in my notes. <laughs> this is a uh, four Millsy. I got, did Jackie Chan really fall from that clock tower twice underlined? No, I was sure. he fell from it three times. <laughs> God damn. And so the thing is I've, I had read about this before. I have a book. Um, this is a weird kind of sidebar, but do you know the comic book artist, uh, Michael Golden? Yes. So he, I don't know if he was in like a relationship with this woman or if she was like his art, like representative or something, but there's a woman, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She used to be like an editor at Marvel. Uh, and I met her when, cause she was representing, um, James O'Barr recently who created the crow and they came and did a signing at, uh, my comic store a couple of years ago. And uh, I bought off of her at her booth when she was at a show in Baltimore with Michael Golden, uh, a book that she wrote because she's like personal friends with Jackie Chan. I really wish I could remember her name off the top of my head. What? But um, yeah, okay. so she wrote a book with like Jackie Chan's help about his film career. Uh, it's been years since I've read it, but um, he talks about this as one of the scariest things that he's ever done in that book. Yeah. And he was so afraid to do it that um, he spent like, he put it off for like a week, <laughs> like in their filming schedule before he finally committed to it. And uh, he was so afraid to like literally let go of the clock tower and just fall three stories with no wire that in the scene, he literally holds on to the clock tower as long as he physically can until he, his grip gives out and he falls. <laughs> I mean, Watching this and then like noticing it was two takes because they show you both. And then I was just like, I was like, does this count as a stunt when there's no wires or pads? And he really just fell from a clock <laughs> through two awnings and like lands on his neck. Yeah, I mean, that's technically what it is. <laughs> like he did it on purpose. <laughs> that, that That's the way when it's different. But the thing to me is like hearing how afraid he was. The fact that he's such a perfectionist that he was like, mm, I didn't like the way it looked the first time. Let's do it again. And then he was like, I didn't like the way it looked the second time. Let's do it again. And it's just crazy that he like, he fell. It worked. You know, he hit the awnings. He didn't injure himself too bad. And he's like, he's tempting fate. And the third time he landed like right on his neck, like just landed on his neck. And suffered cervical spine damage and nearly broke his neck during the third take. Oh. Now, is that the one they show? It's one of the ones they show. Yes. I was gonna say because you could see, like he, you could see him land on his neck, and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I don't know if this is a thing that pops up a lot. I mean, we'll mention it in Police Story, but like showing like multiple views of the same action. Mm -hmm. Do you do you know offhand? Is that a thing? I believe or? it just comes from the fact that when the star of the movie does like an incredibly dangerous stunt and uh -huh. they get a lot of coverage. They just want to show it off as much as they can because it was like a really dangerous and impressive thing I mean, that he did. 
I dig it. I mean, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was cool. I wasn't expecting it in both instances. But The weird thing is, in the case of Police Story, which, again, we'll get to, they shot that crazy stunt at the end from, like, eight different angles. And so they show it, like, four times, but it's the same attempt four times from oh, different angles. different cameras. Yeah. Different he camera only did settings. that one once. <laughs> well, which makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> this one, he did it three times and they showed two oh. different cuts which you obviously can tell are different because he lands different both times yeah and the one that they kept was the one where he almost kills himself yeah it's amazing well of course i mean if he's gonna almost kill himself might as well use that one because it's probably I the guess. most dangerous looking yeah. yeah he went through it so yeah they certainly certainly show it i but. was blown away Blown away by that. Yeah, there's been there's been one or two times he's come closer to death than this, but uh, I think because those other times it was like freak occurrences that mm-hmm. like this is the thing that he considers to be the scariest thing that he ever did. I believe it. Like I said, this is b- Mizzy. You gonna tell me this is a stunt? I'll say okay. <laughs> but any other time, I'd be like, nope, that was an attempted suicide. <laughs> uh, six one half dozen the other. Yep. It's just, you know, you know, actually I noticed with these movies too, which I like is um, like, there's so many eccentric characters, you know, like I mentioned in Drunken Master, this one too, everybody's got like a good look. Jackie changes like costume a lot. There's one when they go, they go to like the nightclub and Jackie's got like this, like, it's kind of like almost like a black track suit, but then he's got like the checkered socks. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like so into it that later on when he's like kind of undercover in the the climax and he's got like the white tuxedo and the top hat <laughs> and the he's monocle. got the monocle, <laughs> he's got the monocle. Uh, again, I'm watching this one on the couch. Megan looks up and she goes, "Why are all these Jackie Chan movies about wizards and magicians?" <laughs> <laughs> he's also got like, the oh. tiniest fake mustache ever. In oh that scene. yeah. Yeah. Like at the end of the movie, like when uh, it's revealed he is who he is, he like snarkily looks at the bad guy like I fooled you and peels off the mustache. But you can't even really tell he did anything aside from the motion of his hand because the mustache is so small. So it's like the thinnest of mustaches. Yeah. It like it. Yeah. Just the tiniest mustache. So it's such a good look. I was like, I just died every time he's. In the, you know, does some kind of costume change or any of his outfits. Well, he's wearing like the naval uniform at the beginning and then they force him to become policemen. So he's wearing like the kind of ornate police uniform and then he goes mm-hmm. undercover a couple of times. And it's just, it's just so much fun. And this movie is, is a blast. Uh, Renee Witterstatter, the name of the woman who wrote that Jackie Chan book, by the oh. way. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Former editor at Marvel has worked with James O'Barr and Michael Golden, personal friends with Jackie Chan and wrote a book about him. Wow. Quite a life. Yeah. But anyway. I could dig it. Another scene that I love in this movie is the bicycle chase scene Mm, mm -hmm. in the middle of the film where it's just like these tight streets with like markets and stuff around and there's a gang of people chasing Jackie Chan and it's just like, I just imagine he woke up one day and was like, I just want to do a scene where I do crazy stuff with a bike. Yeah. He's like hitting people with it and like you know, knocking things into people with the bike. And then he's like riding down like a thin alleyway and he like puts his feet up and like braces himself between the walls and then picks the bike up over his head and people like ride under him and shit like that. It's just, I mean, well, somebody gets uppercutted with that bike. (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. There's, and you know, he's, he has the girl with him, and then he does a, he swaps her out for a mannequin. (laughs) Right. It's hilarious. Mm hmm. 
I gotta say, Millsy, a lot of joy so far in these movies. <laughs> yeah, and then like uh, I guess the other big action scene would be at the very end in like the pirates' headquarters, and that's mm-hmm. where I mean, it's just fun to see a, like a three-on-one fight with that crazy pirate with like the huge muscles yeah. at the end. Now, now let me tell you that scene. This is I'm not normally like. Uh, you know, like good at like picking out voices or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, two lines of dialogue in for this main pirate. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. And I go to myself, I'm like, is that, is that Danny Trejo? Would you believe that this is Danny Trejo's first movie? Milzy, I had to pause and look it up. I was like, I was like, if you had to give me a list of people that I would say, like, who's got the most recognizable voice? I don't know if I'd put Danny Trejo on there until now, <laughs> because I'm t- like 12 syllables in. I was like, I was like, I got to check. I was like, there's no way it's him. But I was like, I'm just going to look. I mean, God damn, sure enough. It's like his second entry on IMDb. Yeah. He's not even in it, technically. He's uh, <laughs> right. uh, He just does the voice in the English Dude, dub for this character. Like, but it's like the first thing he ever did in Hollywood. <sighs> How badly I want to know how that came about. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this makes this movie even better. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, uh, double Danny Trail. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Very unusual coincidence. I mean, there's, there's just another great giant action scene at the, this climax. I mean, there's... I just love the fact that it's like, okay, what are we going to do that's going to set this scene apart? I know. Let's ha- Let's just use a ton of hand grenades. In different ways. Like, just blow every possible, you know, cave or cavern or, uh, you know, they're, they're throwing a grenade in it. Yeah, and just like a grenade gets thrown at you, you pick it up and you throw it back. And then the right. way they use it at the end where they make like a human burrito with the carpet out of the I mean, out of the main bad guy not, and then chuck grenades that, into it and blow them up. They all fucking leap through the air. Is that not one of the most fucked up ways to go out? Like, they wrap that <laughs> wrapped that guy with Sammo. They pulled Sammo out of after they wrapped him in a in a giant carpet, stuffed it full of grenades. <laughs> Dude, and like, then literally blow him up and like jump out of the yeah. way in slow-mo. Right. Yeah. I was uh, I was blown away. Amazing. I mean, amazing. There's some there's a that scene too. I was like I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting all these uh couple bits of knife murder. Mm, yeah. I was like, that was kind of random. I mean, of course I loved it, but Twas you know, the style was, at the time. Uh, Jackie's one guy is just he's got himself a knife and they don't they don't hold back showing you him plunging it into people left and right. <laughs> yeah. No blood spray or anything, but man, I was like, okay. I was like, they're not messing around with this knife, but I could dig it. <laughs> uh the aforementioned uh Samo double leg kick comes. I mean I was just I was all about this climactic battle. I really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. So this was the film that introduced Jackie's street fighting style that I briefly mentioned earlier, which is essentially mm-hmm. his desire to move away from showing off specific style of martial arts and just focus on action that involves like different locations and objects. Uh, so it's just like a general style of martial arts that will allow for the use of like a lot of props and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a conscious decision of his and it, it held throughout his career. And that's kind of the thing that he became known for. And this was also, according to what I was reading, the first time he ever included outtakes in the credits of one of his movies. 
And the inspiration mm. for that was that after he became big with uh, Drunken Master, he got like a tiny bit of traction in the United States. Um, he did a movie that I've seen and is not great called Battle Creek Brawl. And uh, he did another one. Uh, he did Cannonball Run. Uh, that he oh, has. Oh yes. He has a pretty small part in. He's got like one or two fun little scenes in it. But uh, holy shit, I loved that when I was a kid. He was inspired. I, I guess they did outtakes at the end of that movie because he was inspired by that film to do that with uh, his own. Hmm. And so that's where that trend God, began. We gotta get. If that's not in our trifecta already. We gotta make that happen. <laughs> Put it write a note. I'm good. <laughs> and this movie won. At the 1984 Hong Kong Film Awards, Best Action Choreography, to which I say, why is there not a Best Action Choreography category in the Academy Awards? I mean, that would certainly make it more fun. (laughs) I agree. I mean, the amount of action movies. I mean, action movies never get no love. That's the problem. No, that is a problem. Rest in peace, Best Picture Award for Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, come on. (laughs) We all know it should have won. We definitely do. Box office take for this movie was $17 million. That's East Asia alone, so seems to have performed pretty well. I don't, again, know where exactly it mm. played outside of China at the time. but This uh, ending, not quite as abrupt as Drunken Master, but it's got its, you know, they're floating away on that little raft. Yeah, they have like a little humorous scene where they're arguing about like not knowing how to get back to yeah. the mainland and then it, it right. ends. No mention of blowing that guy up in a rug, but no, that was just uh part of the job. <laughs> that was, yeah. I was done over and done with. Hey, they solved their pirate problem. <laughs> they sure that guy up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Um, anything else to say about project a before we roll on? I feel like we've, we've covered it. All right. Uh, next up from 1985, we have one of my personal all-time favorite movies, Jackie Chan or otherwise, Jackie Chan's Police Story. simple plot behind this one essentially jackie works for the police he is part of a raid uh where they try and capture a general crime lord but uh he's smuggling drugs um this guy named chu tao is the villain's name kind of like a old guy with glasses and a briefcase full of money by his side at all times Jackie is able to capture him, but then the legal system fails them and the guy gets out of prison. And uh, in the meantime, 
the villain's secretary, uh, they're trying to convince her to be a witness against him in court. And uh, she kind of goes missing. Jackie was supposed to be watching her, and he dropped the ball there. And then uh, everything comes to a head at the end very quickly when she finally decides to come over to their side and give them some hard evidence against uh, Chu Tao. And Chu Tao is like, well, we need to capture and or kill this woman. And Jackie (laughs) does not take that lightly. (laughs) Right. Mix in plenty of comedy bits and Jackie's uh, poor girlfriend, May, who's always getting the short end of the stick throughout this franchise. (laughs) May the punching bag. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, I'd say this is the most like comedic one of the three. Uh, Yeah. I mean, all of his movies have a lot of comedy. I mean. Sure. But there's definitely a fair bit of humor in here. Yeah, this one feels like there's scenes that are just like for for comedic. Yeah, purpose. that could like be the, just the, in a comedy film, like the scene with him answering yeah. all the telephones. The phones. It's like that's amazing bit of like physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Or just the whole thing with May when he comes home and the surprise a, party. The surprise party. I mm-hmm. mean, that feels like it's right out of a sitcom. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I feel like the phone because they show the phone part in the the uh, outtakes mm-hmm. but just him doing it but like that's like <laughs> it's like a long scene but it's like wild to see yeah it's and really it's hard to explain why it's so good because it's just him trying to answer like six phones at the <laughs> same time at the police station because he's the only one there but. it is funny how that's like just a scene for comedy but then when you see the outtakes you realize like how complicated it, yeah. it actually was it was almost yeah. like a, a martial arts form of comedy I mean, totally i mean it like, might as well be like uh keeping all the phones straight <laughs> Yeah, might as well be just like a he's you know having a choreographed fight the way the way it's done. Mm-hmm. It's wild. But yeah, so like I said, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um like, you know, letterboxed on your profile page gives you a space to put like four fit to highlight four films that you like. Some people just use it as like here's what I'm into lately or whatever, but I use it to just put my four favorite movies up there and Police Story is one of them. Like I said, this was the movie that kind of kicked off that Jackie Chan marathon that I went on back in 2008. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's got elements of like an American action cop movie like Dirty Harry, which was a direct influence on this that Jackie Chan uh, like aspired to in, in some aspects. Uh, mm-hmm. It has like a little bit of a Lethal Weapon vibe. Something that I've always dug about... Um, Different Asian cinema, like a lot of South Korean stuff and some Chinese films, are their ability to mix like violence and humor. And I mean, you get that stuff in American movies as well, like, you know, all of John McClane's one liners and Die Hard or kind of the crazy character that uh, Mel Gibson plays in Lethal Weapon or whatever. But it's different. It's a different. Yeah. Kind of comedy where it's like flat out comedy in some of these movies. And it's almost mm-hmm. like kind of like you were uh, we were just talking about with like the telephone scene and how it's like it's a comedy scene, but almost put through like a martial arts lens where it, it wasn't just he's yeah. answering the phones in funny ways. But like, you know, the choreography of keeping track of which phone is which and. Like hanging hanging up the wrong phones in the wrong places and all this stuff. Again, like you said, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's like you'll be watching a comedy and then all of a sudden, five minutes later, it's like this knockdown drag out action scene. Right. And then they mix in a character like May who he's trying to protect and it becomes like a little bit of both. And mm-hmm. 
there's something that I'm really drawn to about that. I can't really put my finger on it aside from just to say that I like it and I've liked it in a lot of Asian films. This was probably one of the earliest examples of that that I was really uh, that I really saw. And maybe that's why it had such a big impact on me. Um, the movie has awesome action. The final fight scene in this movie in the mall is up there with my all-time favorite action scenes in any movie. It just blows me away every time I watch it. It's the kind of thing where like, even when I'm not watching the movie every now and then, I'll just go on YouTube and watch that fight scene just to remind myself how amazing it is. I mean, it's it would be hard to say, like anyone that's seen this climax from play story to not say that that's like suddenly like in the top action scenes you've ever, you've ever seen yourself. I mean, I'm ready to say that right now. It's just amazing choreography, incredible use of the surroundings. The fact that they chose to use so much glass breaking in the final sequence that the crew began to call the movie glass story. It just adds an element of danger to it. (laughs) I mean, there's no, it's gotta have like, the record for amount of like safety or real glass broken in a single movie. I mean, it goes out of your way to break glass. They used sugar glass, which is safer than real glass, but they used a double thick variety. That's actually more dangerous than regular sugar glass just to make it look more realistic. Of course. course. (laughs) I mean, the, the amount of, heads going through glass and body parts and people getting thrown yeah. through tables. I mean, it's one of the most impressive things in the whole movie when Jackie gets hit in the face with that like attache case and then it, the camera's inside of the glass display case and his face spins around <laughs> yep. and smashes that perfect hole in the glass. Oh. It's just, I don't know. It's like just Man, the things that stick out in my mind. And I mean, listener at home, just like picture the mall. And picture like any storefront. A 1980s that's just mall. Like, <laughs> yeah, 1980s mall, but just picture like that storefront that's just like glass display case upon glass display case. Now picture Jackie Chan like driving a bike through six or seven of them with someone on the front of it, on front of a yep. motorcycle. Which Brandon like, Lee uh, homaged slash stole for a rapid oh, fire. Yeah. Oh. And that is the one scene that I was, or the one moment that I was able to find uh, evidence that Jackie Chan used a double because he wasn't comfortable enough driving the motorcycle and thought that he might hurt someone. So that's like the one moment in the movie, like the one sequence where, and it was more to protect the guy on the front of the bike than himself. Otherwise he probably would have done it. I mean, I made a note to myself, and I'm not even sure at what point I wrote this, but I was just like, all these stunts are by Jackie? Because it's like insane the kind of stuff that goes on in this movie, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm learning quickly from all of his movies, but, I mean, there's a great scene. I love the carjacking or the attempted Mm -hmm. carjacking where, like, suddenly he's, like, uh, he's got to fight, like, 12 dudes that show up in a car. I mean, he does, he jumps from, like, one roof of one car a double leg kicks a guy through the windshield of the <laughs> yeah. other car. And it's like they don't there's no cuts here, nothing. It's just one static camera shows the whole thing. And it's just like when I see stuff like that, I'm like, there's no way to fake this. You really just had to kick that guy through a windshield. Yes. Uh they <sighs> were padding inside their clothes and they've practiced <sighs> it and worked it out, and they are all so good at like their body movements and stuff that they can, you know, basically hit exactly what they're aiming at. But yeah, it's all real. Uh-huh. 
there are moments in, during that final fight scene, like there's one specifically right at the beginning of the fight. They're at the bottom of an escalator and Jackie like picks a guy up and like twirls him around until he's like upside down and then not just drops him, but throws him down. So his chest hits like the moving like <laughs> arm, like like handrails yeah. of the, the escalator. And that looks so painful and like I know that they were wearing like uh, padding with like metal plates underneath when they do that stuff, but Jackie throws him at that thing so still. hard. It's, yeah, it's like still. I just, just think anytime I like I'm walk into something in my house and I feel like I'm <laughs> crippled, you know. Yeah, but just man, the falls that I mean, people take and yeah, just like the, the the physicality of this stuff, like. Somehow, after all the action movies I've seen in my life, I still have like a renowned like love for stunt people because I'm just like, damn, like you almost kind of forget, especially in this day and age with CGI Mm -hmm. and everything. But when you go back and see something old, like something from 1985, like there's no covering this up. It's like, yeah, Yeah. put on plenty of padding because you're going through that pane of glass or you're going out this window. I mean, this speaks to like not terribly long ago when we would did uh 1995 the year it all ended and we talked about Waterworld and like one of the reasons that you and I in the face of adversity like gushed over that movie is because it was like all mm-hmm. real stunts and real people on jet skis yeah. like riding away from giant explosions and stuff and right like you kind of had they kind of had to spend a few million making a yeah. floating city because that's the like, only way you could you do it you don't need practical effects and like real stunt people and stuff to make an amazing movie. But if you make an amazing movie with that stuff, somehow in my brain, Mm -hmm. it's even more amazing. Uh, Without a doubt. And I learned that so much on this episode, especially like the end scene in police story is just like otherworldly, even the carjacking. Like I said, it's just like some of the stuff that, it's just like I can't even tell you which of these movies if it might be all three where it's just like you see Jackie like you know he's like slides well it's you know he slides through a car window to go like out the other side and then he backflips off something it's just like the way he does it it looks effortless and it's just like you I can't like help but be blown away by that yeah like that kind of like movie magic where we go on and on about practical effects and stuff and I feel like it's probably like the the most like stunt heavy episode we've had. Yeah, easily. And just like blows my mind, Millsy, yeah. these movies. Like I was expecting a lot just from like the little I've seen. But like talk about like completely blown away by these mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. I mean, that's how I felt back in 2008 when I watched all these for the first time. I mean, it's just like. Well, how about how this movie opens? Well, that'd be- when they go to that like shanty town to try and capture Chu Tao, oh, and yeah, like I want to call them favelas, but I think that's just a thing when they're <laughs> in Brazil. But it looks kind of like that same idea because it's on like a hill. Yeah, it's like a bunch of houses, like little shacks running down the side of a hill, and so they've blocked all the exits. And so Chu Tao gets in a car with one of his henchmen, and he's just like, "Go through the town." And then it's like three or four cars just speeding down, smashing through these buildings, explosions yeah. everywhere. Uh, and again, it's all real. Like they've built ramps and things yeah. in like hidden into the shanty towns so that cars can fly off of them and stuff. But uh, there's one hilarious cut to me mm-hmm. 
where I think it's the car Jackie's driving, like goes off of a jump and then it like, it goes vertical in midair and like the front of the car hits the ground. And like, I feel like I can tell from like my knowledge of physics that that car is going to fall over onto its roof, like topple, like Mm. head over heels, but they cut to Mm -hmm. a shot of the car then like falling backwards. And I'm like, I do remember that shot. I know that car fucking landed on its head, but they had to keep that scene going. So they just cut to another shot. I think that's so funny. And like, and it's hard to tell, like, I don't know if they trashed a real town on the side of the hill or built that because it looks like pretty thorough. Oh, they definitely built it. Like, it looks incredible. It looks incredible. Like, and it doesn't look just like sometimes you can tell when it's just like, you know, a, a box with four sides and a top <laughs> is getting blown apart. But these like did, these looked better yeah, than like, that. The thing that gives it away to me is like there's shots where they're landing on the roofs of some of these buildings with the cars or like ramping out of them. And it's like there's no way that that little shack could support the weight of a vehicle. Well, right. Yeah. But there's also big explosions. I mean, they trashed the entire town. Like, yeah, it was a, it was like a, it was a set that they built. But it looks great. It lit, legitimately looked real to the point where I was just like, is this just like some old shanty that like they're just, they were allowed to <laughs> trash because it was going to get bulldozed yeah. anyway? I mean, it looks great. And like, so there's a billion moments in this movie that I absolutely love. One of the just like most fist pumping moments for me in this movie is right at the beginning. So they they all drive down the shanty town. Chew town, his men get to the bottom first, and their car is like wrecked. So they get out and they they like make a run for it. And then Jackie's car, completely demolished, like slowly comes down the hill, stops in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there's like no music. It's like a wide shot. The car like smashes into the wall. Jackie opens the door, gets out, and for like a brief second, he pauses outside the door. And then the music kicks in. Den, 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 as he takes off running. And then he chases the fucking bus down. Oh, my God. Just that moment in the movie, my heart leaps out of my chest. I'm just like, yes, go get him. Yeah. I mean, he's hanging off the side of this double-decker bus by an umbrella. I mean, which it might have just actually just been an umbrella. So Jackie talks about that they tried doing it with a real umbrella, but the wood... Of course. The wood, it's not that it was like too weak and he was afraid it would break. The wood would slide around too much. So they had a metal one that had like more grip and would hold on to the uh, amazing. The window frames and everything that better. unreal. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, that even the bus part ends with like screeching to a halt and like four guys falling <sighs> out the windshields. Like. So that moment... Those stuntmen, it's a double-decker bus, and essentially Jackie stands in the middle of the street, and the bus driver, like, screeches the bus to a halt, like you say, and these guys, like, all smash out of the the front windows of the bus. They're supposed to land on that car behind Jackie, but what they didn't anticipate is that big buses like that, they have air brakes, so instead of screeching to a halt, it's like... Oh, just uh, there's like down. a slow release of air. Yeah. So the bus didn't stop as fast as they were expecting it to. And so the guys kind of lost their balance by like the jerking of the bus and fell out the front instead of <laughs> jumping out like they were supposed to. And that one guy who comes out the top window, like he lands right on his neck. <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely. It's crazy. Insane. And I love them for doing it. Yeah. It's bonkers. Like, it's just bonkers. These movies are bonkers in the mm-hmm. best way possible. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. This movie is just like, 
it 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 goes for it at every turn. Um, yeah. There's just as much comedy in the movie as there is action, and a lot of the comedy is kind of earnest and silly, like the scene where Mars sure. like. So essentially, the uh, the villain's secretary, you know, potentially knows too much, and so they put her under witness protection. Basically, just have Jackie protecting her, and uh, like she's kind of giving him grief and doesn't want to let him help her. And so Jackie asks one of his police officer buddies, who's played by Mars, who we talked about earlier, to like wear a mask and like break into her house with a knife so that she will then be scared into wanting Jackie to protect her. That whole scene, it goes on a lot longer than it needs to, but yes. goddamn, if it's not hilarious, like, you know, he's, if, if he was actually a murderer, he would have been able to kill her 10 times over because she mm-hmm. sucks at like getting away from him. So he keeps having to like slow down and miss her on purpose. And it looks like they do it so well visually to get across what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a hilarious scene. She like yeah. pulls his mask off and he's like covering his hand with one, <laughs> or he's covering his face with one hand. Uh-huh. It's so good. It's It's cool because like, the it opens with a big action scene and then like throughout the middle is like they go for a lot of more of the comedy stuff like the there's the court scene mm-hmm. you know that attempted murder fake murder scene um the uh the surprise party with the cake in the face the surprise party like i wouldn't even say it like didn't drag for me or anything i was just like i was kind of like it was all those scenes and like the the scene with the phones was like a good gag but i was like i was like I was kind of just like expecting more action in the middle. And then, but just at one point I'm just like, you know what? I think this is just going to have like the craziest action filled <laughs> climax. I mean, going into this, all I knew, I was like, I know police story one and two are criterions. So that's usually like you know, an indicator of something. <laughs> uh, I just had a feeling. I was like, I was like, I know this, you know, the way it opened, I was like, it's going to end wild. And sure <laughs> enough, this shit in the mall. Yeah. It's just like legendary status action mm-hmm. scene. It's just, it's got a, a tension to it because the secretary character, Selena, is in danger because she's the one who like stole the the uh, the files or whatever that are in the attache case. Mm-hmm. And then Maggie Chung as May, uh, the like poor girlfriend is there and she gets mixed up into it a little bit. I just love Jackie like protecting Selena during the fight scene. Like there's a great moment right at the beginning of it where she's got the little attache case and then one of the bad guys grabs it and they're like doing a tug of war. And Jackie does this crazy move where he like jumps between them and kicks the guy's hands off the case. Like he jumps like between their arms (laughs) and misses both of them and like knocks the guy away. Just an incredible moment. And then, like, all the stuff with the motorcycle, it makes you wonder. The part where the the guy on the motorcycle drives towards Jackie and he, like, is laying on the ground and he rolls and there's that, like, one little step that's just high enough for Jackie to, like, yes. hide behind oh. and the motorcycle drives over him. Like, did they plan that or when they were on the set? Like, it, it was a real mall they were filming all that stuff in where they, like, oh, there's this perfect little ledge here. Here's the thing we can do. Like... It's like either way, it's amazing that they planned it out because they knew it would look as cool as it does or that someone just saw that and was like, oh, we can use this to our advantage. Yeah. Either way, I love it. A part of the reason I think, as silly as it sounds, that uh, the action is so good in this movie is Jackie Chan. So 
the story behind this movie is essentially, like I mentioned before, he had tried to break into American cinema a little bit. Battle Creek Brawl was a complete flop. Cannonball Run, Jackie's never liked being part of an ensemble. He prefers to be the star, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason he never agreed to do the Expendables movies, even though he's oh. close personal friends with Sylvester Stallone. He wants to be the lead in something, especially mm. at this point in his career where he's got like a lot of status. Fair enough. He earned it. Yeah, I would say so. And so he went back to China, uh, to Hong Kong, and he did Project A, which was successful. And then he made another crack at American cinema, and he was in one of the few Jackie Chan movies I haven't seen, which is a James Glickenhaus movie called The Protector, where Jackie was forced to use a lot more guns and do a lot less like actual like fighting like he prefers to do in a movie. Mm-hmm. And he had such a bad experience on that film that he basically came back to Hong Kong and was like, fuck them. I'm going to I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to show them how good it can be. And that's how he made Police Story. Oh, no and way. going into making the movie, he uh, teamed up with a writer named Edward Tang, who he's worked with on like a ton of movies. And essentially told him, like, he had ideas for action scenes. And he's like, okay, I want you to write a movie, like an action movie. And I want it to have a part with a bus. And I want it to have a part with a mall. And he, like, named off all these things that he wanted in it. And then just let the guy write a script. So, like, admittedly, the plot of the movie is not that incredible. It's like your typical 80s action movie plot. Totally, yeah. But it's just like Jackie had all these ideas for the things that he wanted to put into the movie, and those are the things that make this movie incredible to me. Like those specific sequences and the ideas for like the the, the kinds of characters and the humor that he wanted to add to it. And mm-hmm. So like there was collaboration, but at the end of the day, I mean, Jackie co-wrote this, he produced it, he directed it, he starred in it, he was the stunt and action coordinator on it, and fun fact, he also sings the theme song for this movie. I mean, look at this renaissance man, (laughs) Milzy. Yeah, and it, it all came from him basically trying to make a career in American cinema and having everybody, like, have their two cents and keep him from doing what he wanted to do and what he felt would be right. And so he basically came back to Hong Kong and was like, fuck it. If I can't do it there, I'm going to make my American like action movie here. And I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's above every other American action movie in my, on my letterbox page, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think he, I think he succeeded at least in my eyes. Mills, can I tell the people what's the other three titles in your letterbox top four? Sure. Ghostbusters. The thing and aliens. That is true. It's good. It's good. After now, have finally seen the fourth. <laughs> I could say it's a good set. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Oh. But yeah, needless to say, I was uh, elated when Criterion decided to put out Police Story One and Two. And uh, yeah, oh, it's yeah. a fantastic disc. This was my excuse to finally sit down and watch it. And there's some great special features on there. A couple of really interesting interviews and. Do you own the other two movies, like in special disc or anything, or what's the story? Which with those which ones? ones? Drunken Master and Project A. Uh, Drunken Master, uh, I have a shitty DVD of. I'm not mm-hmm. aware of an American Blu-ray release of it. <laughs> Project A. Uh, I think at a gas station somewhere. Yes. 
I bought like a four pack, like four movies on one disc of Project A, Project A2, um, Armor of God and Operation Condor. <laughs> so it is a Blu-ray. It's not anything special. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, a lot of Jackie Chan movies, especially the early stuff, not available on Blu-ray in the United States, which is a great thorn in my side. Uh, you know, I follow a lot of uh, Blu-ray distributors and producers on like Instagram and on Twitter. And there's this company called 88 Films, which puts out a ton of early classic Jackie Chan stuff. Only problem is they're a European company and all of their movies are region B. I mean, Millsy. I'm just going to put you on blast here right on the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of all people, why don't you get into this region free game? Well, I have a reason. I don't know if you'll consider it a good one or a bad one, but um, that, to me, is like opening Pandora's box. <laughs> I mean, if I could just buy movies from any region, like there would be no limit to the amount of money that I could spend. And there's already a lot of money being spent. <laughs> I mean, I know, you but know it's this. like your favorite thing is like buying physical media. I know, but it's like, as of right now... Um, Part of the the fun and excitement of like waiting for announcements on things is like waiting for one of the companies that I follow that puts stuff out on region A to like get the rights to things. Like when Police Story came to Criterion, just like knocked my socks off. Mm. And I'm just I'm afraid of what I would do if I got a region free Blu-ray well, player. That's I mean, honestly the reason that I haven't done it. All right. I mean, the whole like, oh, the money I will spend doesn't that's not a good enough reason for me. But the I can feel like the enjoyment or the excitement of like stuff being released. That makes more millsy sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting around for one of these. Com- and I don't know. I guess it's just I guess it's just a rights thing is that, uh, you know, whatever studio or studios own all of these like early Jackie Chan films. They must have like a deal with uh, 88 films for the region B distribution. And just nobody's been able to strike up that deal in I mean, you'd America. Think it'd be like a, you know, an excuse to print money to start bringing some of this stuff over here. But who knows? yeah, very little of it is actually available on Blu-ray. I mean, you can find shitty DVDs of all this stuff. Like I have a ton of Jackie Chan movies on DVD that I would love to upgrade to Blu-ray. And I've gotten rid of most of my DVD collection, but I kept all of those just because, you know, I want to have them on hand and I don't know when I'll be able to get them on blue. So, Mm. man, whoever's listening, well, they're not listening to this show, but (laughs) someone tell someone that you need to start doing it. Yeah. Please and thanks. They'd get all my money. I'm just, I keep holding out hope that, like, now that they've done Police Story. Uh, like, mm-hmm. a lot of Jackie Chan's movies almost feel like they would be, quote-unquote, beneath Criterion, although there's a whole discussion to be had about what exactly that means and what yeah. makes something worthy of being a Criterion yeah. film. And they like, put out the rock, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah, like, why people lost their goddamn minds when it was announced that Criterion was going to put out The Breakfast Club as though it didn't deserve it, and, like, Please. how do you define what does and doesn't, but... Right. You know, a lot of his movies, like Who Am I, has amazing fight scenes in it. It also happened to come out in that, like, late 90s era when uh, there was bad CG and everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, there's some heinous CG in it. And the plot of that movie is 
awful, but it remains one of my favorite Jackie Chan movies just because of the incredible fight scenes in it. Like that feels like it might be quote unquote beneath criterion, but like if they'll put out police story one and two, like I'm holding out hope that we'll get like a project day, project day two, two pack or like operation condor and armor of God, two pack or something like my fingers are crossed real hard. (laughs) Gotta send a carrier pigeon to vinegar syndrome or something. Be like, Hey, (laughs) <laughs> you know, these have never been on Blu-ray. I know, you know. Yeah, I mean, if nobody else has been able to get the rights to this stuff, I have a feeling Vinegar Syndrome is towards the bottom of the list of people who might have a chance, but I don't know. You never know. Anything could happen. No offense, Vinegar Syndrome. I love you. Boys can dream. Yeah, so Jackie Chan's police story. Man. It is, I guess, technically my favorite movie that we've ever reviewed on this show so far. I mean, if you were going to pick those nits, you'd have to say yes. <laughs> So time to move on and talk about some posters. Can we just talk about the wildest posters to come across our uh, screens yet? (laughs) So this is one of those difficult instances where, I mean, these are all Chinese movies that are all like 30 plus years old at this point. So finding like the actual original theatrical release posters is kind of tough. I did my best. (laughs) Some of them are not what you might expect. Uh, so we got the poster for Drunken Master, which is the best way I could describe it is an Asian Mad Magazine drawing. Totally, hundred percent. Jackie doing the the thing we mentioned, where uh, as like a punishment, he has to stay in like a seated position without a chair and like balance shit on himself. Mm-hmm. But you've got uh, Master So, and I guess that's the guy with the heinous mole hair. Yep, you can see it right there. Totally. <laughs> like sitting on top of Jackie. This, some of these might be a little tough to critique just because the style uh, of these posters is, and like the kind of posters that you would see in China are very different than, mm-hmm. you know, our typical fare here. Like since there's no English on this poster anywhere, uh, I don't know if it's like character names along the sides or if there's a, a, a terrible like tagline. Right. Like you have to be drunk to see this movie yeah. or something like that. Yeah. We'll have to go all visual tonight, Millsy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's the best representation of the movie. Like it is, the movie is comedic. I can understand why this was done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not the, wouldn't have been my first, second, third, 10th choice. But yeah, as like somebody who's, you know, well versed in the film, if this was the first thing I ever saw for it, I don't think it would be super appealing. But knowing the movie and the tone of the movie and everything, like I, f- I find it a fun image. But mm-hmm. yeah, also just like generally layout wise, like it's just that like painting, that cartoony painting in the middle of the image with like rainbow swirls behind them. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. I. It's just not. It's it's different. Is it supposed to be like incense that he's standing over, and that's like the smoke coming off the incense, or am I just... that's a that's a funny looking corn dog? I'm not sure. Man. <laughs> it's a thin corn dog. <laughs> but uh, I don't know the the image itself is kind of fun. But uh, I don't remember from the movie was that incense he was that was underneath. I don't remember. I know he was like squatted over something. It's got to be that. Maybe I don't Maybe. know. Who knows. <laughs> Uh, next up we have Project A, which again, 
It's like a a cartoony illustration. Which is, I don't know, for you, is it as blurry as it is for me? Yeah, I mean, this is the best quality. Okay. All right, all right. Just making sure I wasn't this my that phone. I could find. This image came from Wikipedia. Uh, so, I mean, you've got Sammo Hung, Jackie Chan, and Yen Biao right there. Um, <laughs> I, which is funny with, uh, so Jackie's, there's a scene where he's, they have to do their salute, which is like one of the odder salute forms you've ever seen someone do. <laughs> like butt out, chest out, like kind of bent over. Yeah, it's basically you know, like the stuffy police chief is like, you know, shoulders shoulders back, chest out, whatever. And it ends up with Jackie in this like completely ridiculous looking mm-hmm. position. So I do think it's funny they've recreated that here. Yeah, totally. Unlike Drunken Master, I don't think this gives a real great impression of what the movie is you're going to be watching. Like even Sammo Hung wearing that outfit is not representative of his character yeah. at all. And then the Project A name doesn't help. Yeah. Just because that wouldn't help you at all with like, what is this movie exactly? The logo at the top, again, not in English, mm-hmm. but it almost looks like a, like a wax stamp to me. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, when you melt wax on an envelope and then you oh, put yeah, a stamp yeah, yeah. on it, it that's kind of mm-hmm. what it looks like. I don't know if that's what it's supposed to be. No, I think. At first, I thought just a bar of soap like Fight Club. But <laughs> no, it does <laughs> that would look make like no that. Sense. It does look like the wax stamp. Uh, they chose a background from a random early scene in the movie. Like, yeah, I don't know. It uh, doesn't give a great idea of what the movie is, but maybe that's all part of Jackie Chan's plan since his whole thing was like, oh, I don't want the, the name to give away what the movie is. Mm-hmm. Like, looking at this poster, I have no idea what it is. Right. I get the general gist that there's like a little bit of a militaristic vibe because of the saluting, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, fun image... But not great poster yeah, again. No, I concur. And then police story. I feel like we've seen this kind of thing before. I think um, like the Tetsuo the Iron Man poster was a little bit like this, where I feel like there was an era of like Asian movie poster design where everything was kind of like a punk rock collage. Mm. Where it almost yeah, it just looks sense. like they cut pictures out of magazines and then pasted them kind of yeah. together. It does. It feels like an ad more than like a poster. Yeah. But what is a poster if not an advertisement? Well, that's a great question. <clears throat> no, but I know what you mean. So it's like, I don't know. It's, uh, again, not super representative of the movie. I like it, though. There's something. I don't know. If, maybe it's just that punk rock aspect of it that i'd like this one i don't know if it's good it's crazy crazy jackie chan on it too so i mean it's weird to have like the main shot on the poster be like from the final moments of the movie Mm -hmm. i don't know just in style i kind of dig it that like collage that we're talking about but um actual content of the poster I, i i feel like they could have picked better imagery yeah it's a funky one like that shot at the bottom with the motorcycles and right. the yellow car. Is that even from the movie? I don't know, because that yellow car is on the right-hand side, too. I don't remember that. I don't remember all those motorcycles. Oh, you know what that is? That's the part where Jackie takes the police chief hostage, and they like they come out the front of the police station, and they get uh, in that car, and then he yeah, makes yeah. him drive. Uh-huh. I think that's what that's from. I don't remember that shot, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't remember a scene where they're like on the side of a dirt hill with a bunch of motorcycles yeah. chasing them, but I think that's what that's from. This one's just weird, but I dig it. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, 
because I don't I don't know I don't think any of these are great. I like the drawings on the first two. Hey, Millsy baby, break it down for the people. Um, I don't know. I might have to cop out on this one and just say, uh, oh, three shards of broken glass for each one. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's... like, there's part of me that feels like I'm not equipped to critique these fully because it's like I I can't read what's on them, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, it's obviously from another culture. That uh, you know, maybe these are successful posters right. in their society. But uh, I don't know. How how do you feel? What would you say about them? Well, let's see. I mean, like I said, this for whatever weird way, like the police story one feels like an advertisement more than a poster. I think because of like the just the collage aspect of it feels like like almost like you squint at it. it looks like it looks it looks like the. I think for me, I think I figured it out. It's like, it looks like the back of like a newspaper, you know, with like those pages <laughs> that just have a bunch of ads. Like, mm-hmm. cause it's like, you know, the May is there, you know, she's happy. And then the secretary, she's like stern. And then you got the crazy Jackie picture in the middle of the car. <laughs> like it just feels like haphazard. Like these things aren't supposed to go together. Like they're all for something else. I mean, it's, what do you think? But the it's called police story, so it's like the name going with these images would make you think, like, man, what is this movie? <laughs> and is that then is that thus doing its job? Maybe so. Um, Project A would actually be better without the the scene in the background. Mm-hmm. If it was just like the three cartoony characters, kind of like the drunken master one, his own white. Yeah, I, I think I would just like roll with that. Would make it better. The Drunken Master is goofy, but I think it's uh, aesthetically it's more pleasing than the other two. You know, it's like weird. And it's, it, I mean, I would still wouldn't say it fits the movie, but, you know, it's like a well-drawn thing. It doesn't necessarily look like Jackie, but mm-hmm. that's okay. I mean, there's, there's plenty of instances where that never happens with uh, movie posters. <laughs> yeah. I would do three corn dogs for... <clears throat> Drunken Master, two monocles for Project A, and yeah, I was going to say just three giant panes of broken glass for <laughs> police story. So not too far off from my determination. No. no. I mean, Fair yeah, enough. nothing's like kicking it up to like four of anything, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just realized that I forgot to mention when we were talking about police story. uh because I mentioned in our reviews of Drunken Master and Project A, the significant injuries that uh, Jackie Mm. got when he was making those. Uh Uh, So the big final moment that we never actually really talked about yet is uh, in Police Story is at the end of the film, Jackie's up on like the fourth floor of the mall. And it's like this big kind of open, what would you call that area of the mall where like, I don't want to say atrium, but like something like that. Yeah. Where it's like, like there's all these balconies and Mm -hmm. there's like this big metal pole. The bad guys are down on the ground floor. So to get down there and catch them before they get away, Jackie jumps up on the hand railing of the top floor of the mall, jumps out and slides down this metal pole with a bunch of like uh, electrical Christmas lights attached to it. And that's the part that we mentioned earlier. They show from like four or five different angles just because it's like a crazy impressive thing that he did. During the pole slide, 
he suffered multiple electrical shocks from the oh. the electrical like lights hanging on the pole. Uh, he got second degree burns on his hands Damn. from sliding down the pole and holding Just on the, for dear life. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he fractured one of his fingers landing. Uh, he had injuries to his seventh and eighth vertebrae, and he dislocated his pelvis. Oh. I didn't even know that's something you could do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what part detaches from what, but... <laughs> but apparently in doing that, he risked, uh, like, permanent um, uh, paralysis. God damn, because he goes down the pole, and then it doesn't go through, like, a... a paint a glass down there too so he when he slides down the pole it's it's almost like the pole ends it doesn't go from the ceiling to the floor it goes from like the ceiling to like where the the second floor would be after that he falls straight down into it's almost like a little like you know those things that some people have in their backyard i don't think you'd call it a gazebo but it's just like a little wooden structure that like vines can grow on Mm -hmm. it's almost something like that like it, it looks like something that belongs in someone's backyard but it's in the middle of the mall it's just like this little white wooden structure that he smashes through the top of and he does get up and start running because you know the consummate professional that he is he like doesn't want to risk like the shot missing something so like earlier in the movie when they did the thing where the bus stopped and the guys fell out of the bus like he knew as it was happening oh shit this just went wrong and these guys might have hurt themselves but he Mm -hmm. like finished off the scene by like running around the side of the bus where he would like look for the bad guy because, you know, in case people did hurt themselves, he wanted them to still be able to use the shot. He didn't want to have to do it again. So, with a dislocated pelvis, Jackie got up yeah. and ran off off frame. And they do show you, like, they give you four different angles on it, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And uh, also worth noting, yet again, this movie won Best Action Choreography at the 1986 Hong Kong Film Awards. And it won Best Picture. Hmm. So... I can appreciate that. Pretty cool. And uh, Jackie Chan has said that it is his favorite of his movies. Oh. So I'm in good company there. I can dig it. (laughs) Now, with that out of the way, uh, by borrow burn time. Uh, Allow me to go first because uh, I already definitely know where I'm going here. Uh, If if it wasn't obvious enough, Police Story is my buy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that movie. One of my all-time favorites, as I've said. Second for me in the borrow position is going to be Drunken Master, just because of how in awe I am of Jackie in that movie. And then uh, Project A is going to be my reluctant burn. I still love that movie. It's a five-star film for me. But um, I think where Police Story just has like the most amazing action scene at the end, like one of the most amazing action scenes I've ever seen on top of everything else. And Drunken Master is just like this incredible showcase for Jackie and his physical abilities. Project A is a great movie, but it uh, it doesn't have like that one standout thing like the other two do. So by default, I mean, mm. I something's got to go. I absolutely love all three of these movies, but I would buy Police Story, Borrow, Drunken Master and Burn Project A. Fair enough, Mills. With a gun to my head. Millsy. Mm hmm. Episode 46. Yeah. I have never been this conflicted about <laughs> by Borrow Burn. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I set us up to have three good movies here. You did. I mean, I got to say, I mean, I had, this was pure joy for me, three movies across the board. I mean, there's just, they're, they're all vastly different with like their own 
different things that I've that I love about each one. If I have to break it down, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go for it, Mills. Uh-huh. My buy, yes, Drunken Master. Oh, I just really enjoyed the small scale of it. The physicality is amazing. It was just like I had so much fun watching it, and just like I think overall between the three, I love those characters the much, the most. But just between like Master So Thunderleg and Jackie himself, it's just like. I can't think of like a more recent like three characters in any of the movies we've watched that I just had like loved for completely different <laughs> reasons to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just love old school kung fu stuff anyway. So this is this that's like checking off a box for me, and then it just delivers on that completely. Trunker Master, bye. So you got borrow breaking it down between the two. So Project A is like a funky story. When I feel like that one is like wall to wall action, police story is just is more kind of like a standard story, just a police story with it does have like its downtime in the middle, but then the action that it does have is just like otherworldly. So, I mean, reluctantly, I'm gonna go to my burn mm-hmm. is Project A, my borrows police story. I right just think that there's no denying like the stuff that's in police story is just like insane. It's just out of this world. I mean, th- and just to think that that was done in 85 with practical effects and just like real stuntmen. It's like, I can't, I can't help, but like bow, <laughs> bow before these movies, you know, <laughs> it does. It does. I mean, I enjoy the comedic aspects of the middle of police story. But if I think like which one of these I would like want to own and rewatch the most, it would be Drunken Master. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want all three of them to be honest. I mean, I I would like to own all three because I could see myself just putting on Jackie Chan movies and just watching them, having them on the background when I'm doing something else, like anything, because it's just like they're that that they're that much fun to me. Well, I'm just envious of you in the position of now. There's tons yeah. of other Jackie I mean, Chan tons. movies that you haven't seen. <laughs> tons. I mean. I mean you got Police Story 2, 3, and 4, technically. Super Cop and uh, First Strike are technically Police Story oh, 3 and 4. Okay. Uh, you got Operation Condor and uh, Armor of God. You got Project A2. I mean, I, I think I said that, uh... in my little write up on that letterbox list of all the Jackie Chan movies I've seen that uh, the top 20 are all like solid films. So mm-hmm. there's, there's plenty to see. I mean, I loved Drunken Master so much. I do want to see that that remake, reboot, whatever it is, too. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably really enjoy Legend of Drunken Master. Oh. Uh, I'm a big fan of Young Master and Dragon Lord, which are uh, <laughs> <laughs> his first two uh, movies Young he directed Master. that came before uh, uh-huh. Project A. There's like a whole scene in one of those. I can't remember which one where they play this weird sport where it's almost like badminton, but you use your feet. So it's almost like hacky sack, but with this weird like little bird thing with feathers, I think, that they kick around. And again, it's just insane watching like these people play this sport (laughs) that I can't even wrap my head around how much practice you'd have to put in to be able to even be okay at it. I mean, after tonight, Mills, like you could tell me any just Jackie Chan movie is about A, B, C, or D, and I'm like, I'm there. I'm watching it. So, yeah, there's a couple stinkers, but uh, I have uh, such sights to show you. 
Millsy, send them my way. Give me the list. Point me in the direction, whatever, because I'm ready. I mean, I've somehow at my age, Eminish is now becoming a Jackie Chance super fan. I'm there. Hey, better late than never. Yeah, man. <laughs> a joy. A proper joy. Triple Threat Theater. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if it's possible that we'll get any Jackie Chan for our next episode, but uh, we do have currently Here we go. 236 possibilities, so any anything is possible. So what Here are we knows. watching next? 27. God, another early one. 27. 27 is... Well... Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, now for something different. All right, well, next episode is going to be the theme, Not Your Average Princess. Get ready, party people. Next episode, come back for Not Your Average Princess. Oh, this thing of ours. (laughs) Well, Mills. Yes. It's time to check out. It's been Triple Threat Theater. Episode 46, I'm Joe Daxbreaker. And I'm Ryan Miller. Thanks for watching. That was one of the finest movies I've ever seen. They ought to make them all like that. None of this nonsense about social matters. People don't go to the movies to see how miserable the world is. They go there to eat popcorn and be happy. Be happy, happy, happy.